Greetings, true believers, and welcome to episode 77 of the Pull List Podcast, a bi-weekly show about comics, pop culture, and faith. My name is Chris Poirier, and with me, as always, is the one, the only, as seen on DC Swamp Thing. Still a reference, don't care. Hector! How's it going, my dude? I'm preparing for trouble and making it double. Oh, yeah! Rib it and rip it, baby! <laughs> oh... Thank you, MCU, for giving us that line of gold. <laughs> I think he, uh, he was so uh, he felt like a really bad knockoff Deku, too. So, like, it made me sad. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So ah, it's good. We're going to do some of the comics today, so we should probably get into that, huh? Yeah, comic books. Let's do it. Ah, uh, you know, I completely messed that up because I don't even know how to like get into like the catchphrase at this point. It's just wrong. Well, oh well. Prepare yourselves. Strap yourselves in. Right? Uh huh. Prepare yourselves. Are you prepared? Ready to go? Victory's in the preparation. Good. We've got comic sign. Uh, better put the word out. Get ready for the nerd out. Better put specs. Checks for my expansion sets. They call me Obi Wan. Act like you know me, son. I feel like we should run around all confused when that happens. If you have to prepare yourself to make it happen, is it really a catchphrase? Yes. <laughs> How dare you? This is a high quality <laughs> podcast that we do here. How dare you, sir? <sighs> Fine. It's not, like, it's not like Bruce Willis has to work in Yippie Kaye. <laughs> Mr. Falcon. Uh, yeah, so on today's episode of The Polis, we do have a wonderful show for you. Um, dis- despite my completely disjointedness this morning, I guess I need more caffeine. It's good. We are going to hit the latest news, which there isn't a lot of. We'll talk about that yet again. I think that's three or four podcasts in a row we get to talk about what's going on out there. Uh, our must-pull recommendations from the past couple of weeks are favorite new number ones and so much more. This is the Polis Podcast. <laughs> Yeah, so rolling into our newsroom um, where there's literally nothing coming off uh, the wire printers this morning. Um, I just want to make the note yet again because it seems worth mentioning ad nauseum until like actual news comes back. Um, New York Comic Con happened since we've been here. Our friend Rob Retaino was there. Oh, yeah, there was lots of folks there. But yes, he was. I was there three days before the show. (laughs) <laughs> right. I I actually felt your pain as you like were going to do cool stuff. Um you're wearing swag from your your trip um to Broadway and everything and being like, "Wow, you're you're doing what I did for an event in Raleigh a few months ago that I was in town and I was meeting a bunch of folks about like video gamey stuff and everyone's like, "Oh, we're hosting a major for Apex Legends." And I'm like, "Oops." <laughs> I left like the day it started. Like, if, like I, if I'd legitimately known New York Comic Con was the same like week as the premiere of Almost Famous, I still wouldn't have changed anything. I wouldn't have stuck around. <laughs> I, mean, I, a, I didn't have money for that. I didn't have a ticket. And New York is terrifying to me. So, Aww. or it's at least uh, it's overwhelming. 
it's draining. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's it, there's a lot of stimuli in New York um, and people and all of that thing. So for sure. But yeah, New York Comic Con happened and I've got maybe two things on my list that's relevant to that. Oh, no, wait, three. It's just actually something about something that's already happened <laughs> um, that I wanted to bring because somebody apparently asked Tom King a bunch of questions about heroes in crisis and okay. his, Ooh, answers, his answers were interesting. Um, so I'm here for it, that. it literally has nothing to do with what's to come, but it, it is clarifications on things that have occurred. And Hector and I love us some heroes in crisis. So we're going to hit that for sure. Um, but in terms of like comic books and like new comic book stuff, I came out of New York Comic Con's news like, cool, we're getting bunches of movies and shows. I do dig that. But what about my floppy comic books? And I felt like there wasn't a ton there. Um, it's, feel because free to, it's because they know you would refer to them as floppy comic books. <laughs> right. They're like, no, we're, we're done. We're not making these things anymore. <laughs> they keep calling them floppies. Make it stop. Um, oh, well. It's fine. So, yeah, let's jump into some of the things that they actually did talk about. Um, so congrats to all of us. Uh, Deadpool 3 is official. Huzzah! <laughs> and we get Wolverine and Hugh and everything. And I'm kind of with everyone on. I really, really hope this is Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe um, because it kind of got that vibe. Because unless Hugh Jackman really is changing his position on doing more than like a favor, um, I think I think that means he dies. <laughs> well, you've heard. Have you seen the contract? Um, and I'm sure you and your ninja detective skills can pull this out. Have you seen the like contract uh, stipulation stuff for the Fox Disney merger about 2025? No. Is that when a bunch of people come available again? Mm-hmm. So yeah. the, the thing is, there's something in the Fox Disney merger. Yes. Um, that actors who were currently employed by Fox for roles cannot be replaced until 2025, which is why we got um, Ralph Boner, which is why we got right, Hugh, right, right, right. Hugh Jackman, which is why we got Patrick Stewart, um, because those are roles that couldn't be replaced currently. Mm hmm. And a great way to reset that slate would be doing what? Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe. Yeah, baby. <laughs> it is the most meta thing that's possible at the moment. And I'm not even angry at it because that's like literally Deadpool's thing. Um, and also, quite frankly, I just need another infinite number of years of Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman play feuding with each other over Christmas and other things, because it is the most delightful social media on the face of the planet. <laughs> Have you seen uh, the trailer for uh, Ryan Reynolds and Will Smith's or Will Smith, Will Ferrell's Christmas movie? No. Oh, dear friend and dear listeners and viewers. Hi on YouTube. Um, hey. <laughs> uh, did you see a video like maybe a year ago, maybe nine months ago that was circling all the social medias of Ryan Reynolds and, Will Ferrell doing, I could see brown, I could be blue, I could be like where they sing huh. a harmony thing. No. Okay. Uh, I'm going to, y'all just look for TikTok, Will Ferrell, Ryan Reynolds. Um, but I'm going to send this to you. But there was a random video, maybe nine months ago, of Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds dressed like Christmas Carol characters singing in harmony with impressive vocals. 
that check that checks out whether it happened or not. Yeah. Um, but so that happened and I was like, oh, they must be making a Christmas movie together. Um, lo and behold, nine months later, trailer just dropped this week for a movie called Spirited. Ah. Uh, which is uh, an Apple Plus exclusive, but ah. is also going to theaters. Oh, um, and it's Crafty dropping the Apple. Yep, it's dropping in November, and it's a uh, Christmas Carol, but in full meta context. Like, uh. um, like um, Will Ferrell shows up as the ghost of Christmas Present, and Ryan Reynolds is like from Christmas Carol. He's like, yeah, that's been so long ago. Um, he's like, I had this one little kid. Um, he's like, Tiny Tim. He's like, no, um, it might have been like uh, Micro Spirited Steve or. <laughs> <laughs> And so it's just them oh. ripping on Christmas, but it's like right, okay. a whole a whole deal. Um, so that's, that's not good. it's not Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman, but I will take Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell together for the joy of Christmas anytime. I mean, uh, thank you Canada for blessing us with Ryan Reynolds. Oh, Canada! Ah, <laughs> uh, good times. Um, so yeah, uh, Deadpool is going to do stuff, and all of the promo stuff that's already out is just delightful for that. So because the internet is full of wonderful things all over the place. Um, sometimes. Uh, what else did NC Comic-Con have for us? Oh, yes. Um, everybody loves them Gambit and Rogue, right? I feel like everybody that loves Gambit and Rogue has 90s nostalgia of covers, but doesn't actually <laughs> enjoy the storylines. Seeing as this is probably somewhere between the third and fifth miniseries, <laughs> in as many years from them. Uh, but 2023, you were going back to Gambit and, and rogue being together, doing stuffs. Um, not a whole lot on it other than that. We're going to see another mini on that one. So the X universe continues, um, cranking along judgment day is a thing, but this, this here podcaster still does not care. Um, you can at me all you want on that one. You almost have to pay me money to pick up a book that says Judgment Day on it at the moment. So if if you're all out there as X-Men fans enjoying it, maybe help me understand why. Because <laughs> I find that reading those books is work and reading comic books shouldn't be work. That's all I'm saying. Though I did see something recently that apparently they killed somebody like super important. And that's why I'm like, well, if it was that important, why did you bore me to death to get to here? Um, so, oh, well, please, please, please write me a good X-Men book in 2023. That's all I ask for. Um, other news that is relevant and interesting. Uh, Harrison Ford back during D23, um, you know, basically hung up the whip in the hat on on Indy. Um, and that was emotional and everything. But it has been announced and it seems confirmed, but I don't want to be that guy. So I'll let you read all this stuff out there and you can be that. But Harrison Ford is joining the MCU. Yeah, as Thunderbolt. Yep, as Thunderbolt Ross, because um, the original actor passed away this last year, um, who was excellent in the role, to be fair. Um, he was excellent in the role, but he never got enough screen time to do anything. No. And the, I think the thing that's a that's a bummer is clearly this was the glide path. Um, that that one was going to pay off eventually because Red Hulk and such. Um, but yeah, so what sucks among other than the fact he died is that also that that makes uh, what if his final performance as well as Chadwick's. Oh, wow. That is interesting. 
and a bummer. Yeah. So you, you've you've got two MCU greats. The, their final performances were that show. It's true. And as we've been seeing all along, all the stuff in that show matters and is important. Supposedly, we were kind of talking about that before the podcast of please. Can this MCU phase explain to me where we're actually going? Wakanda forever, please don't suck. <laughs> oh, it won't. I don't think Wakanda forever can suck. I get no, that. I agree. Some, I think I meant the trailers better than most of the other Marvel movies. Um, <laughs> uh, but I think the thing comes down to it is I think that because it diver- it's going to diversify cultures and lines that it, some people might not be as interested. It's true. Like, there's no part of me, even as a Hispanic male, that looks at the con- the costume for Namor and be like, mm, I need this. <laughs> Man, any any uh, superhero slash whatever that comes from under the ocean just kind of gets done dirty on screen and in in text. Well, dude, I feel like they gave Jason Momoa a great pres- represent- presentation. Well, OK, that's fair. So Namor, they did kind of try to do the they're flashing back to like original Namor, the Submariner um, vibe, um, which literally was just like the trunks. That's pretty much my recollection on that one. I'm pretty sure that's accurate. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll see how that one plays. But out. Dude, uh, Namor currently looks like he's like going to toss you beads at Carnival. <laughs> not not <laughs> run a nation. Oof. I mean, I mean, he gives me Rio vibes, bro. It's not. Yeah, that's probably not a good thing, seeing as Namor is supposed to be kind of the broody um, one of the MCU bunch. I feel like at this point, I would have taken Bad Bunny more seriously than I would have taken him. Oof. E- All right. Well, <laughs> hold on your hat. In, in about a month, we'll have more to say on that one. <laughs> we'll be in Oof. hiatus at that point, probably. I mean, we'll see. Either that'll be the last thing we do or it'll be the first thing we do because we'll have to come back to it because mm. reasons. Um, so, yeah. So the Tom King thing that I set us up for for, Tom for King. This, this thing. So Tom King, he he occasionally writes comics. Once upon a time, he overthrew governments or something like that. I don't know. He doesn't talk about it um, to you. So, yeah, <laughs> hey, I was next to him at a show. And he talked about his days of not he talk- existing. He talked about some government stuff. Yeah, he was a bureaucrat. Not, not to me. But <laughs> <laughs> you were within the shot. You were like, cool I was stories. Just, I was just at the table. That's, I heard things. And you were taking notes. How dare you? Um, I didn't know who he was at that point past riding Batman. So That's even funnier. Um, yeah, if, you never, if, you, if you're new to this, uh, dear listeners, Tom King worked for the CIA back in the day. Um, so he went, he went CIA to comic books. So... I suppose anything is possible is the moral of this story. Um, and uh, and he, his first book uh, was technically a failure. Mm-hmm. And it still got him here. So and here we are. So anything can happen. Uh, so I guess somebody posed questions to him about Heroes in Crisis, um, which we talked about a fair amount when it came out because it was kind of the post-traumatic stress story of the rebirth arc um that was just there was a lot there there was a lot to on the bone to what the story that was being told how different it was so people were like cool so heroes in crisis um everybody either loves or hates so what would you have changed now being on this side of the story being out of heroes in crisis Mm -hmm. well 
And he answered the question. Oh, I wanted to answer. <laughs> I mean, well, now you can find out whether you and Tom King think the same. Go. Um, the very first thing he said is, I wouldn't have allowed them to let me name it Heroes in Crisis was the number one. He goes, I straight up got offered to use the Crisis title. And I was like, print that money. He goes, so two things. He's like, never let money get in the way of you making an artistic choice. <laughs> And also don't overuse <laughs> words in continuity that may or may not actually be appropriate. Now, I feel like those of us that enjoyed the book probably felt like that was probably actually dead on in naming. Oh, yeah. Um, he did say what he would have named it, though. And it would have just been called Sanctuary if he had it all over to do again. Mm. And I had to sit back for a moment and kind of let that one sit. And I don't hate it because I see why he would have done it and it, that it would have been confusing until you finish the entire thing. Um, so, yeah, I, I can see the artistic punch in that one. Um, so that was kind of his his first thing. The second one is a little more fascinating. And Go that's on. that DC said it's a murder mystery, which it was basically. Um, but they told him who the main characters were going to be he kind of implied that he didn't have a whole lot of choice on it. Um, and his feeling given where rebirth was at the time and Wally West's story up to that point, that Wally shouldn't have been the center of that story that he felt that it actually did, um, Wally dirty instead of actually fleshing it out. He felt that Wally already had a bad day coming into this. And that this just made it worse. <laughs> and he's like, and Wally's supposed to be the hope of rebirth. And we just like literally piled dirt on him in his grave. Um, and so I find that interesting seeing as for a lot of us that enjoyed it on the other side is that I still kind of saw it as hope. And maybe, you know, if he had more time to answer that question, he might have circled back to that. But he felt that seeing as Wally literally had everything torn from him, that continuing to kick that puppy just wasn't something that they should have done. I also felt like the way I like go on. Is there more? No, that, that that was kind of his main thing was maybe Wally should have really been more hope than just <laughs> continuing to kick that puppy. Cause I guess to him, that's kind of what it felt like. I'll say for me too. I really felt like start cause I heroes in crisis was the thing that started us off on this weird three year journey with poison Ivy. Mm -hmm. and I'm like, I don't like sitting on the other side of it, like on the rebirth end of things and uh, with the recent Batman stories and stuff and getting to this poison. Ivy, like, I feel like it's been a weird ride without a lot of direction. And there's been a lot of trying to retcon that decision. Mm -hmm. And yeah. So I just found it interesting. I also found it interesting that like this far out that people were still asking the questions, but I found that interesting. I kind of, I kind of feel him on the, on the naming thing. Um, but also where that book ended up, I was like, it, I mean, it's actually a really fair title given everything that, yeah, it feels a little cash grabby because everything in DC is a crisis, but. And I think this, we joked, we talked about that too. Right. That, yeah. Cause we event, they rolled straight into other stuff. So infinite crises like is literally the DC mantra, but I, I like that this one technically wasn't like, 
world ending world shattering worlds being torn apart crisis but literally the heroes themselves in internal crisis that is where i ended up that i didn't hate it um and the book still punches that way it's just interesting to think that the guy that wrote it kind of half-heartedly wrote wally in in it when he was such an important part of that story so interesting stuffs and that's why I wanted to go back to it because I was like, that's actually kind of cool. Um, especially now, what, almost two years removed, three years removed. It's been a hot minute um, since that book came out. But yeah, otherwise, I wish I could tell you that there was a ton of stuff. I mean, everybody kind of talked about their slates for early 2023, but nothing really jumped out of it. Um DC told us that 2023, uh, their main event is going to be the Lazarus planet. So if it's not crisis, it's planet now. Just just throwing that out there for those of you that are keeping score. <laughs> what other planet did they use? Well, dead planet and or dead. They, I feel like they've made lots of references to planet throughout dark metal and other stuff. It's not it's not a specific thing. It's a titling. Well, I was like dead Earth was a book, not planet. I don't know. It felt repetitive to me. <laughs> they like their planets. Treasure planet. Different. <laughs> right. Definitely okay. different. Sure, sure. <laughs> uh, so that's at least what you need to know for like now. Uh, our biweekly look at the industry delivering you some inside knowledge or wish I had delivered you some inside knowledge next time. Going to keep working on it. Um, as always, you can join in on the conversation with Hector and I and all of your nerdy friends over at the Love Thy Nerd Discord uh, and on our Facebook uh, group for Love Thy Nerd. And you can begin that wonderful geeky adventure together with us and all of your other nerdy friends. Um, tell us what you liked, what you hated, or possibly even what you missed. What Well, what we missed. We probably missed a lot, but I didn't catch a whole lot, and that just kind of depresses me. So here we are. You are listening to The Pull List Podcast with Chris Fourier and Hector Mira. Welcome to Two Minute Fandom. I'm Radio Matt, and today we're going to learn all about the most famous Green Lantern, Hal Jordan, in about two minutes. Take a deep breath. Here we go. Hal Jordan, also known as Green Lantern, is a superhero published in comic books from DC Comics since his creation in 1959 by writer John Broom and artist Gil Kane for Showcase Number 22. He was a reinvention of the original Green Lantern character, Alan Scott. A former combat pilot, Hal worked for Ferris Aircraft as a test pilot. Hal was given a ring after discovering a crashed ship and a dying alien named Abin Sur. Hal became the first human to be inducted into the Green Lantern Corps, an intergalactic space force that protected the universe divided into sectors. The ring gives him the ability to fly, to create solid light projections with his mind, and more, and it's powered by the willpower from the universe. The ring gets its charge from his personal power battery, known as a lantern, which in turn is charged by the central power battery located on the planet Oa in the center of the universe, home to the Guardians of the Universe, a race of nearly immortal short blue creatures who oversee the core. He spent years protecting Sector 2814, home to Earth and many other planets. He even had a long stint partnering up with Green Arrow, but during the Reign of Superman series, which occurred after the death of Superman, Jordan was traumatized by the destruction of his hometown, Coast City, and its seven million inhabitants at the hands of an alien villain named Mongol. In his grief, he attempted to recreate Coast City using his power ring, only to be brought back 
attacked Toa to be chastised for using the ring for personal gain. How lost control, attacked Toa, absorbed the full power of the central power battery, and badly hurt many of his fellow lanterns. He then renounced his membership in the core and renamed himself Parallax. Parallax, Hal, would become a key villain for many years, even trying to erase all existence and rewrite it himself. Despite his villainous ways, he has a brief moment of redemption when he sacrifices himself to reignite the sun and save the solar system. After his death, he is chosen to become the new host of the Spectre, God's Hand of Vengeance, whose main purpose is to take the lives of those guilty of taking the lives of others. Eventually, the threat of Parallax returning was hinted at, and in the Green Lantern Rebirth series, we found out that Hal was never Parallax. Parallax was the entity of fear that had been imprisoned in the Green Lantern power battery. Fear is represented by the color yellow, which explains why Green Lantern rings were often powerless against things that were yellow. Parallax took control of Hal after Hal's traumatic experience that overcame him with fear for the first time by literally crawling through his ring. Hal, granted new life to fight this beast, was also granted his position in the core back and cleared of all charges, though gaining back the trust he lost would take a while. Hal would go on to battle with and against a whole emotional spectrum of lanterns and once again earn the title, The Greatest Green Lantern. During the late 2000s and early 2010s, Hal Jordan was one of the most popular DC characters going. However, Jeff Johns ending his 10-year run with the character, combined with the poor reception of his big screen debut by Ryan Reynolds, Green Lantern has shifted lately to being the low man on the Justice League totem pole. But even if he never reaches his former height of popularity again, in brightest day and in blackest night, no evil shall escape his sight. I'm Radio Matt, and this has been Two Minute Fandom. You are listening to The Polis Podcast with Chris Poirier and Hector Mira. We do have all kinds of comics to talk about this week. So, um, Hector, you almost lived entirely in the previous week. I did. I think I did. And I almost I almost did as well, minus like one or two. So uh, my poll, like I've mentioned in other shows, continues to get smaller instead of bigger lately which is great for my wallet. Not going to lie about that. Um, and I do have a couple interesting ones. There's, there's, I, I have another completely random number one for y'all. Um, so I'm excited about that. So tell us the greatest hits of DC from last week, Hector. Are they all DC? <laughs> Except for one. Oh, wow. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, womp womp. Womp womp. I did have some Marvel in last week's. Um, I, uh, but yeah, if you hold on, let me flip this around real quick so I can show you. If you look at um the covers for three of my polls, they're strikingly uh similar. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> wait the, a second. The back cover is just all Dwayne Johnson's. Um, but also, and I'll mention this because this wasn't news news; it's more speculation. Um, but if you there was a Jimmy Fallon interview with um Dwayne Johnson the Rock uh where they both seemingly insinuated because Jimmy Fallon watched the movie right and he was talking about the post credit scene um and how and he was trying to like tiptoe not say things but uh this is purely I'll take the full weight of this if I'm wrong yeah you know, so this is not a uh pull list podcast officially <laughs> licensed statement but uh basically the rock says that superman's in the post credit scene um, ah. so, uh, from my, from my perception and, uh, and discernment, uh, now granted this episode's probably airing the day before black Adam drops. Um, so we'll find out soon. Um, so I'm going Thursday, but yeah, so that's the thing. Nice. Um, all right. So polls, uh, human target number seven. I, yeah. uh, have loved human target since it started. I've been waiting on human target. It finally yeah, dropped. Yeah, you are. You are a nerd like that. I am. And uh, again, this whole thing is uh, 
just freaking beautifully written gritty, gritty noir with a little bit of romance and like you read this book and you smell whiskey and cigars. <laughs> it's just it's just what I feel like. Um but it's it's beautifully written. Uh the entire thing is like, you know, that he suspects human target's been poisoned, he's gonna die in uh five days or wherever he's right. at. Right. Because that's been the whole setup is that he he, he knew he knows the day and uh he's gonna die in five days or whatever and he thinks that uh one of these women is the murderer and he's spending time with him but this whole episode this whole issue is fire trying to seduce um the human target um and him not buying it and it was a test from ice and it was just this weird relational thing in the middle of him dying he's getting weirdly love triangled to be vetted i was like why are you trying to vet him he's gonna die um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just but whatever um if you enjoy tom king's uh noir writing uh read this junk um if you haven't tried it you can go back probably pick up the first trade which i assume is out and uh all yeah. oh, right because they broke it up into the two pieces yeah so this is the second half starting so human target still wonderful i guess uh, i'll save the other one for new number one i guess or which one did you put in new number one uh gotham city okay cool 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 um so uh other book is joker the man who stopped laughing um i know we've gotten a lot of joker stuff lately and we just finished a joker series but i'll say this this is actually a joker book right where joker should have been called um jim gordon or something else um (laughs) professor gordon's wild ride whatever um (laughs) what yeah i don't know man um dc has rejected my naming i don't even get to name the episodes of this podcast so whatever um that is absolutely not true i'm pretty sure i've let you name the last two or three something about moisture was in the tighter two times ago okay that was in the tagline. The, t- <laughs> the title oh, we was... Did, we did both. Did we do both? Okay. My bad. Well, no, it's weird because I don't get says in that. But so the times that we've had two really good titles, it's like one's a tag, one's a title, and they inter- they go back and forth. And it's confusing, but it's still funny. You don't want this moisture? That's right. Yes, our new tag phrase. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> re- uh, you're right. I'm going to I'm gonna rewrite the copy for the top of the show now. You're right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway. Um this is a good Joker book, and uh, because the Joker has, uh, you know, been missing since uh, Fear State, right? Yes, because he's been missing since the A Day attack, right? Yeah, he's like been explicit, missing. like explicitly. That was the event that he where he go. Yeah, um, he's been missing since then. Uh, well, somebody t- like stabbed him in the eye or something. What was that? That was Fear State, probably. Um. Most we read most of it, but I've tried not. I try to forget most of okay. it. Okay. <laughs> Either way, Joker's been missing for a minute. Uh, he had the whole Joker book for for like a year and a half with Jim Gordon, um, and this is his return to Gotham, and Gotham doesn't want him, <laughs> um, so he decides right. to take his brand of maniacal shenanigans on the road. And, yes, he did. And then there's a giant plot twist towards the end of it, which. That- uh, kind of felt obvious to me but yeah it felt obvious to me too but also it ties back to a previous book to me that Mm. was also not as entertaining but here's hoping (laughs) um 
I mean, I felt the setup was better. The setup was definitely better. Um, but yeah, this isn't a, like a giant name team that you're going to recognize all the names and think, oh boy, based on the writer's names, I want to read this book. I totally um, want to do this now. What? I said, you totally want to do this now. Yeah. Because all these wonderful people. No, I, I felt that way about a lot of books lately. So it's pro- it's I think it's a good thing. Yeah. So here's that. You should check it out. Uh, Joker, the man who stopped laughing, number one. Boop. And I'm going to check this. Um, and because as my little homie Azrael uh, is here, I'm going to keep going with uh, Azrael books, just to mention. Yep. Um, and so with this... Uh, <laughs> show us the cover. Here's, here's the cover I got. I'm like, pretty, pretty sure it's a variant. Yeah, uh, looks like it. Looks like it was probably the B cover. Yeah, it's the variant cover uh, by Steve Beach. Yeah. Um, but basically, it's still Azrael uh, chasing after this young woman who's also, air quotes, an angel um, of the Lord. And um, Right. Uh, but in this process, um, there is basically... Uh, you get to meet uh, a, a Bane version of Satan. I skipped it this week. Maybe I shouldn't have. Um, where uh, how Azrael has been conditioned to believe that he is an angel. Right. Um, there is the or the what's the night? The, ten, the ninth Templar have been sacrificing pure hearts to put into a. Like ongoing entity that has not only convinced he's an angel, he's convinced he's the perfect angel and he thinks he's Satan in angelic form. Great. No, nothing could possibly go wrong, <laughs> but he's, but he looks like Bane on full venom with religious ties. Oof. And, and so you've got, uh, you've got Azrael like, uh, in his weakened state, uh, getting the Shadooki beaten out of him by Satan. Oh my. Um, uh, and the book ends with... Figuratively and, the wo- and physically. <laughs> yes. And uh, so I'll, I'll find a better picture in here. But like the, it actually ends with, and the world might know the angel Satan is how it ends. Um, I want to find a, a decent introduction picture here. But So, uh, so comes the morning star. Okay. Let me drop this right here in the vision. Oh dang! So not that, not going light on that one. <laughs> no, not going light. So that's the Satan for this. And uh, bottom line, it's the same sales pitch as the previous three times it's been on my pulse. <laughs> if you like Azrael, you should read this. You should read this. Um, and uh, yeah, if you like Azrael, you should keep reading. Um, but dope. And my other one. I'm going to branch out of the DC universe and over to the manga uh, side I, of the world. I'm pretty sure our entertainment contract says you're not allowed to do that. Fight me. <laughs> <laughs> Fight me. Pay me. Buy me a better microphone. Pick something. But okay. like, uh, <laughs> all right, fine. Then, then we'll, this then is I'll... fine. Then this is fine. <laughs> Cause we're going to talk about manga. We're going to, we're going to talk about manga here. I, um, so first Let's of all, all, I retract a statement uh, I previously made. Um, I, I was under the impression that this issue 32 was going to be the final 
My Hero. Mm-hmm. I think I mentioned that in a previous podcast. It is not. Oh, how many Thank- more? Is it the next one or there's we don't not, know. We don't know. OK, um, but from everything I had read that it was this was the, this issue, the number of 32 was going to be it. Thank the Jesus. It's not. Um, um, and what I'll say is this. This is the Empire Strikes Back of my hero. Like the dark where it looks like evil's winning. Uh, this, this is Infinity War. This is that. Um, where uh, Tomoro is. Uh, uh, if I'm saying the name right, I always get bad at anime names. Oh, I know who you mean. So that either means we all do. And someone's just, hand, you know, hand face, dude. Yeah, yeah so, we're going to yeah. get we're going to get we're going to get lit up by somebody. It's fine. Um, this is my my 14 year old mocks me every time I try and pronounce a manga name. That's an anime name. Um, but this is the fact that uh, all for one is out uh, of jail. All for one is uh, beefing up Shigaraki Tomoro Shigaraki's. He's letting Shigaraki's body get into the right place so that he can take over that body. That makes a lot more sense now. Spoilers. Spoilers. This isn't spoiler. Well, yeah, for the book, it's yeah, for for those for those of us uh, basic anime types. I was like, for the book, that's a year ago. (laughs) Quiet down. The rest of us are just getting into season six. Okay. Um, (laughs) But basically, uh, uh, everyone are the the world is kind of turned on the heroes. Uh, Deku, uh, because he and De- uh, here's the thing: Deku is fully operating at this point in time with all of his quirks. Like, okay, with, so he he's made good with all of the different threads within him, with, with the threads within him, and he's operating at near full capacity of um, like being able to uh, use all the different pre- forebearer quirks, and yep. they're they're at war within him, discussing his options. So not only is he dealing with the worlds against him, the heroes are basically on the run and uh, struggling. But uh, it's the fact that even within his own body and spirit, he's got all of his forebearers fighting inside him. Mm. Um. But because all from one is hunting him, anybody even remotely near him is in danger. And because gonna have of, a bad time, going to have a bad time. So the heroes are distancing themselves from it, from him because of that at his wishes. But he feels forced to the point that he's the only one who can be out there. And uh, um, all for one has also brought in hired assassins to bring Deku in. Uh, So not only does he have just general villains, he's got heroes turned villains hunting him down. Um, He's having a bad time. (laughs) uh, One of the things that makes this one of the best, my hero mangas standalone period is that we get return villains who we haven't seen in a minute. Oh, interesting. Uh, what was Ares, uh, Predator dude? Oh, wore the beak, lost a hand. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. His name's even harder to say. Right. <laughs> so, uh, we get him back, and he's got a really interesting arc. Um, but uh, I feel like for me, the first episode of my hero that totally broke me emotionally, 
and uh, sold me on the depth of how well these things can go mm. is uh, the muscular fight. Oh, mm-hmm. this now brings us back to muscular when Deku is basically at the point of he's lost hope. Um, and the weight of all of everything going on on Deku has started to turn Deku in a way that literally as a reader and as a watcher of this series uh, breaks your heart. Mm. And it leaves you gen- like I genuinely had dread turning pages in this. Now, this just dropped. What is this? October. This dropped at the end yep. of September. The next one is February 3rd. Oof. So a whole nother six months um, before the next one drops. <laughs> Where you're like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Um, but, yep. Yeah. It's just like you just sitting there dumbfounded in your anime drool. Like, what happened? <laughs> why? Why, um, why? Why are you like this? Yes. <laughs> so those are my pulls. What are your pulls? All right. So, um this week and not DC um, because it's everything else. And so that means I didn't have to steal this one from Hector this week. Um, either that, or he was like, Chris going to talk about it. Um, uh, I haven't, I haven't picked it up yet. Okay. That's fair. Do you, oh, so do you, do you not know what happened? I don't know what happened. All right, great. So uh, here's the spoiler warning now. So this is the, you know, skip the next couple of minutes kind of deal where I'm going to ruin everything for Hector, but the rest of you actually have a choice. Um, So Daredevil numero four. Check that cover out, yo. Yeah, it's a nice one. Um, There's lots of cool stuff in here. Like what's really funny to me, though, was when everybody... um, talked about this issue coming out they talked more about this so spoiler number one you look at the kind of quasi new um outfits they got he's got the you know samurai ronin thing going on um and but we got both of the daredevils side by side and all that cool stuff but yeah so daredevil and electra are off to the mountains to basically get some more training in because, you know, stuff's been going sideways for the first three issues of like, things were bad before <laughs> things are technically not better. Um, so they go to the mountains to actually, you know, Electra is technically at this point in charge of the fist um, and kind of returning to that whole thing. So Daredevil's like, yeah, so we could use a mercenary army that is for good as opposed for evil. Um but he's got to pass some rites of passage and beat some stuff up and not die. So, you know, pretty much the go to the mountains uh, fighting montage with your original mentor because they get to the mountains and Stick is waiting for them. And Murdoch is like, I don't need you, old man. And he's like, yeah, you do. It's literally how you exist, friend. Um, so training montage, training montage, go off into, you know, the cave of your fears and everything, fight them, don't die. Um, come out the other side so that you can become basically um, king of the fist or whatever, um, because Electra is already the queen of the fist. And no, that's not a nuance because the spoiler for this is that da- that Daredevil number four told you that it would be the first appearance of daredevil's new king daredevil outfit but it actually was the wedding of matt murdoch and electra what and so final page 
and it says above it, congratulations. Now let's get to work. Um, I think it's implied that that was semi required to actually lead and control the fist. So it makes me wonder how much of that is truly, truly. I'm, I'm marrying Electro because I love Electro because I want to talk about one of the longest running, most complicated relationships in comics. Cause you know, Electro's only tried to kill him a few times. <laughs> um, and they do go through the whole thing of Matt's relationship with Karen and his feelings for Karen over the years and all that stuff. So, you know, Matt continues the internal battle and everything, but this is just like crazy comic book territory right now. So, yep. But what happens every time a comic book protagonist gets married? Oh, somebody going to die. Somebody going to die. Um, <laughs> so. And for the sake of future Marvel properties, it's going to be Electra. Oh, yeah. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And she'll come back to life again because reasons. Um, but here we are. So gorgeous, gorgeous book. I'm really happy with the creative team right now because it is pretty. I do dig the like half samurai like look that they've given Daredevil right now. So all about it. Um, so, yeah, Daredevil continues just to be really, really good and only suffers a little bit from like the prototypical comic booky stuff like a random wedding. I guess Marvel learned their lesson from everybody else that we probably shouldn't build up a wedding just in case nobody cares. <laughs> um, Cause here we are. Oops. Or build up a wedding and then not give a wedding. Uh, <coughs> sad, <laughs> big, sad. Um, so let's see. Next book should come as zero surprise to 100% of the people. And that is dark spaces this uh, is your firefighter book yep. yep um it is confirmed that it will end in book five this is book four so like i've said on the journey of these uh feloniously incarcerated firefighting women say that four times fast i um, can't say feloniously yeah i had to slow times. down and think about it um actually he didn't we he went really fast and we went back and <laughs> post slowed and like, it slowed down. it down <laughs> Yeah, so when you notice the video like goes the halftime there, just ignore it. Um, so they've been fighting the firefighter thing in the wildfire. You know, they're trying to do the heist. And at the end of the last book, I told you, you know, like stuff just kept getting worse. Like after one book, they found a dead body and they're like, that can't be good. At the end of the next book, like a bunch of uh, mercenary dudes showed up and started shooting at them. So we're in that part of the story, right? And... So that happens. They all get caught. They take one of the women from them and are like, yeah, we're going to kill the rest of you after we torture and, you know, do stuff, bad person stuff to this other lady. And I was like, ew, that that's uncomfortable. Um, thank you, storytelling. Um, but, you know, they get they get free somehow. And so they go looking for their friend. And so spoilers again, but I don't care because all this is being really well set up for the rest of it is. I, like I said, there is literally a twist at the end of each of these stories. I, it's very clear it was done on purpose this way. Um, that the turn again for all of this at the end is that the fifth out of the fourth of them planned the whole thing, including them getting caught and had planned on killing them all so she could take whatever they're stealing. Because we don't still fully have a grasp on what they're stealing. Um, it's digital. They've been taking it off these servers in this thing, but we don't really know what it is. Um, so I'll be curious if this is one of those heist books that they don't fully even tell us at the end. It's Kevin. 
it's Kevin <laughs> reference. Um, and that's all we're giving you. So K E B I N. Oh yeah. Good times. So spoilers, but not spoilers. And you get to try to spend the rest of the week month figuring out what that came from. Congratulations. Welcome to our first contest um, at us. And we will say absolutely nothing about it in the next episode. Um, yes. Like one does, but it's cool. It's a really it's a continuous yet isolated story that's going to wrap up, I think, really with a with a bow on it in the end. So I I really dig when people just give us five stories in a row. That's a whole story. And you hit the end and go, that was pretty dope. It's that easy. That, that's where I'm at. Uh, next one. Yeah, I have mostly like stuff that doesn't have a number one on the cover for a change this week. Um Minor Threat, Patton Oswald, uh, Numero Dos. This is the story of kind of like all of the off-brand minor BDC League um, villains of this particular world are trying to figure out why they're being framed for the death of, uh, of one of their own. And it's mostly a commentary slash meta discussion on what being a CDE level villain is in a world of superheroes and whatnot. And each book does appear that they're kind of focusing on each laying out what each one of these villains like power actually is um, and how it impacts the story. And it's really entertaining (laughs) Um, because I'm trying to see, there was one place in this. They actually graphically tried to represent this dude who he's just really smart is ultimately what he is. He's Sherlock homing stuff. So it's like, even like the most recent BBC, like you see all the thought bubbles of like the random pieces and everything. So he kind of has one of those in here and everyone's like, he says the conclusion first and they're all like, I don't get it. And then he walks them all through and they're like, Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Um, so it's just weird, but it's weird meta in all of the right ways. So if you're just looking for a different journey, that is definitely different. Patton Oswald does different. Um, you should check it out. It's on on the Sherlock note, just for those who are concerned or care, um, obviously uh, this past week, uh, Angela Lansbury passed away. Mm. Um, and for those of you who, you know, are murder, she wrote fans or just liked her in a mystery capacity. She will make a posthumous, um, appearance in the knives out sequel. Oh man. So she is, that should be good though. I want to say Sondheim and Lansbury are both making posthumous uh, appearances in the knives out sequel glass onion. Okay. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, there you go. Um, my last regular book, it is a number one, but this is another one of those that Chris is bringing it to your attention. Star Wars visions. Number one, the based on kind of like the show that we had, um, as well is that this is all the stuff done in the more Japanese style of stuff, um, with original artists, that actually call Japan home and heritage and all that good stuff. And you just need to pick it up because just like the show, the art is just wowzers and has a very different vibe to it. Um, but it's a very cool vibe. And they did exactly like they did in the first episode. It's a little different than the story, but also kind of the same. Um, 
that where they introduce color into the black and white, it's just real vivid and real cool. So if you're just looking for something that looks different, feels different, but is still that Star Wars vibe, um, Visions still continues to do really cool stuff by introducing us to neat cultural um, creatives and arts artists that I think people should just show up for because they're pretty cool. You are listening to The Pull List Podcast with Chris Poirier and Hector Mira. Hey everyone, I'm Hector Mirai, and this is Faith and Fandom 180 on LTN Radio. So LTN Con is finally happening in person again. I've enjoyed the past couple online cons, and it's been fun making content and panels and stuff for that. But (laughs) it's finally happening where people can gather together again for this event. And... I'm not going. And I'm really sad about that. (laughs) Like, frustrated, annoyed, sad, the whole deal. Because I would really love to be there. I want to be able to see faces that I've only seen through computer screens. I want to play games. I want to, you know, (laughs) just laugh and fellowship and be encouraged by all the people that I've got to know online for literal years now but I have a wedding I DJ and uh, someone booked me for a wedding the weekend of LTN Con like over a year in advance like before LTN Con was decided for sure I had a legitimate excuse but that doesn't mean I'm not missing out it reminds me of this passage in Luke chapter 14 verses 16 through 18 it says jesus replied a certain man was preparing a banquet and invited many guests at the time of the banquet he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited come for everything is now ready verse 18 says but they all alike began to make excuses the first said i have just bought a field i must go and see to it please excuse me and over the next five verses they go on to make more excuses about why they can't show up to this big thing they were invited to And verse 24 culminates with saying, I tell you, not one of those who are invited will get a taste of my banquet. And the reality is life is going to be full of times where we just can't show up for things and we're going to miss opportunities. And I know right now I'm missing the ability to show up at LTN Con. And that's not a guilt or pressure situation. It's just the fact that I wish I could show up. So I'd encourage you. When you have the chance, show up, because those are opportunities that God has provided you to do something great. Remember to catch Faith and Fandom 180 every Wednesday morning on the Back Row Morning Show, only on LTN Radio. And if you'd like to learn more about Faith and Fandom, head over to faithandfandom.org, where you can learn about our Comic-Con ministry, podcasts, memes, apparel, and book series. You can even read new chapters before they make it to the next book. I'm Hector Mirai, and thank you for spending the last 180 seconds with me. You are listening to The Pull List Podcast with Chris Poirier and Hector Mirai. So yeah, it's it's number one time. What what thing hit the top of your, uh, your list for the last two weeks? Uh, I'll say this. I know that there is a uh, 
Batman Incorporated number one. Yes. That uh dropped. Uh I didn't pick that up yet. It's in my box or it's somebody's picking it up for me. Um, but uh adding another Tom King book to my roster. Mm-hmm. Um because I, you know, the same thing, the gritty noir smells like whiskey and cigars, um, and cheap perfume is a uh Gotham City Year One story. It is a story basically about Gotham during the era of um Bruce's grandparents. Um and some gritty crime-ish drama that they're involved in. Uh it features characters that you might be familiar with, like Slam Bradley. Um uh but in a different time frame, obviously. Um but literally if you don't have any concern or care about Batman and you just want to read a gritty noir that happens to take place in a city you're moderately familiar with, this sticks the landing. Um, Tom King does noir well. And if that's something you're interested in, this was fun. Um, like I took a shot on it just cause it was Tom King. If it was another writer, I probably wouldn't have picked it up. Um, but I did. And I enjoyed it. So there's that. What you got? All right. So going off, going off the deep end, like one does. Not Chris with that. End. Yeah. Chris with that. What just happened here? Comic pull for the week is I picked up boom studios. New number one, the approach. I, w- I was interested in that one, by the way, uh, there was an one with, uh, the week that Todd subbed for you. Mm-hmm. I had a number one that was so far off the deep end. Um, and there was one that we talked about off camera, um, or off recording. Uh, but it was so horrible and it was so completely inappropriate. Oh, dang. That I wouldn't mention it on camera or even say the name because I didn't want anyone to look into it. But I, the, uh, it was some dude in the shop recommended. I picked it up and it was literally the most inappropriate, poorly written, and uh, no excuse for this book even existing book. I can't wait because now I need to know the answers to this question. <laughs> but, um, sorry, the deep end isn't always worth jumping off in, guys. Just saying. no, no, that's 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 <laughs> equally fair. And I brought some books that I was like, this is cool, but it's probably not somebody's jam. Um, but yeah, the the approach. So you get introduced to kind of like a fairly rural airport, and you get introduced to this rural airport's firefighter. I actually didn't pick this up because of this common thread. It just happened. And I was like, oh, okay." Um, Chris is a firefighter and he likes all the firefighters. It's true. (laughs) Um, Not proud, but also kind of. So, you know, a snowstorm's coming in and it's basically you got to go into work because and it's the whole thing of like the firefighters also clear the runway of snow. They like do everything almost because small airports tend to do that, that you'll have people to do a lot of different stuffs. Um, and they're like, yeah, we got diverted a flight because of the bad storm and everything. So it looks like a plane full of people is going to randomly end up sleeping here for a day because that sucks. And this happens at rural airports, believe it or not. Um, so that happens, but, and they're like, oh, well, cool. We're going to make you all comfortable. Everything's great. And you're like, cool. This is just, a, a story about this kind of stuff and everything's trudging along, meeting random characters and, uh, you know, the guy that works in the tower, other security guards and like, you know, the five people that run this airport kind of thing. Um, 
And so the new plane gets there and it's like the most people they've seen like in for a while. So it's like 30 to 40 people kind of thing. And it's like, congratulations, you live here now because snow is terrible. Um, and then the book just like skips from first gear to fifth gear and strips everything in between on the process. And the whole point to the approach is this random small plane kind of comes out of nowhere and the tower's like, oh, oh no. I have a big plane sitting on the runway because there's not supposed to be anybody else out there. And it comes in, crashes into the plane, explodes. Um, and they're like, oh, no. So the firefighters run out there and they're like, oh, no, there's that person. He might still be alive. And they grab the the person who's um, on fire. So not so great. Um, also not very alive. <laughs> um, you know, bring them inside. They're like, wow, that was kind of terrible. Um and two things happen extremely quickly that set up all you need to know for the rest of this story. And the number one thing is uh, the dead thing isn't dead, but he's also not a zombie, but he looks a lot like an alien um, and he's eating somebody. Um, <laughs> so congratulations. Um, that happened. And the last bit of knowledge you get other than big alien gnawing on somebody and these 40 people that can't go anywhere um, is the person in the tower going, I ran the tail number of that plane. And that plane disappeared 30 years ago. Nice. And here you go. Done. And I'm like, I kind of dig a book when I pick it up and go, what am I, what am I reading? And then that happens at the end and you go, Oh, that this one actually makes me kind of want to know what's going on now. Um, because yeah, I mean like it was straight up kind of mundane, random rural stuffs. And then, Hi, the story has shown up and it's still really confusing. So, yep. The approach. You are either ready or not ready. I don't know. But uh, you, there's there's also a third category for me. Um, <laughs> there's books that I don't think I would read, but I find interesting enough that I look forward to you telling me about them. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. <laughs> um. I did it. It's story time with Chris. <laughs> Everyone gather around. Let me tell you the story about the the alien. Did you know I actually had that job? What? Uh, like a professional story time person. Aw. That seems like legit. At, at the mall that I, like, there for whatever reason, all of my, re, all of my secular jobs uh, up until I became a missionary were in the same mall. Huh. So I worked at a department store, Bath and Body Works, Walden's. All in the same mall. And then uh, for a season, I had a job as a storyteller where I would sit in a big oversized chair, wear a cardigan on a rug in the middle of the mall floor, <laughs> and kids would gather around and I would read them stories or tell them stories. It was dope. Yeah. that I mean, you did it. I did it. I was Mr. Rogers. <laughs> I'm, I'm. Man, I already have an title for this episode but that's close <laughs> um i am mr rogers which right. by the way on a note of hilarity and this actually ties into things we're talking about sort of um uh we all kind of got the vibe that uh rogers the musical was kind of like billed and uh booked as like a hamilton spinoff or a knockoff right right okay Okay, do you know yeah. what do you know what theater Hamilton plays at? Oh no. 
I don't. So I'm, I'm going to let you explain this because I have a feeling I know, but. So I was walking around Broadway, yep. looking around and, you know, I'm taking pictures of everybody's shows that love them and everything. Hamilton plays at Rogers Theater. It's good. Ha! Ha! I say. Yeah. I just, I just literally stood there on Broadway giggling. Like, you're like, ah! I, I see, see what you did there. I see what you did there. <laughs> Theater nerds get it. Oh, it's so good. Well, that's going to do it for us here at the Bullis Podcast. Uh, episode 77 is now in the books and now in your ears and your eyeballs because they keep letting us go on YouTube and we haven't been like banned or anything yet. So we must be doing all right. Um, so, you know, smash that like and subscribe button. Copyright yo. infringement. Beep, yeah, beep, beep. You know, this is fine. Um, but, you know, we're, we're there. Smash, hit, like, subscribe, share with your friends then you can actually see the facial expressions that match the hilarity that you get in your smash ears. it like Hulk smash smash. Yeah. Um, but as many of you know, we take this epic journey of podcasts and fandoms with a lot of epic other journey. amazing epic journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, ep- um, no, I like epic journey, epic journey, epic journey. Yeah. Epigurney. You see, this is the part we didn't slow it down, but it's fine. We do talk about a lot of nerdy stuff and we do this with a lot of other fellow nerds that do amazing podcasts as well over on the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network of which and we, we hope you all had a fantastic time at LTN Con. Yeah. By the and time you hear this, LTN Con will have come and gone. So, you know, and we, we know everybody did a great job and the yeah, snacks so were good. delicious. Yeah. The wonderful. fellowship was so oh, good. It was, um, it was the best. Um, um, Todd Turner had the best display. Yeah, if we were We're handing out trophies um, here, I'll just cover it. But, you know, this one's for you, Todd. Um. Um, (laughs) Wait, I I wanted to be at LTA Con, but I had a wedding that was booked a year in advance. And I'm going to be there tonight and tomorrow. There you go. And you run a mogul business thingy. Oh, man, I'm in like two different places over the next two days. So, you know, doing the thing. Um, So, yeah, be sure to visit us. LoveTheNerd.com. You can find out about all those other cool shows and some stuff from LTN con because they usually post some stuff up um, after that happens as well. And so find those previous episodes, new shows, you might find something that you enjoy, but end of the day, Hector and I just really want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts um, for choosing us as your primary comic book factory on a near weekly basis. So come on, don't leave us, don't leave us hanging here, rate and review the show on your favorite podcasting app of choice. Give us the thumbs up in the YouTubes. Uh, we are literally just about everywhere you can imagine on the iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and so many more. Uh, it's been it's been some comics today, folks. And so honestly, truly, thank you for listening. And remember, kids, read, read more, more comics. comics. I'm gonna take all seven comics.